Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter, but you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league, and I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning and your brain power is really at the highest level, so that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77. WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. An indictment decision looms for President Trump as the Georgia grand jury wraps up their election interference probe. I don't see it. There was no criminal activity by Trump. Should he have made the telephone call to the Georgia election officials, the attorney general? uh, I'll have the exact title in just one second. But should should he have made the telephone call? No, he should not have made the telephone call. But all it was was Trump talk, and there is no way that a district attorney can portray this as a criminal activity. By the way, folks, we are taking your telephone calls, different number this morning. The number is 833-969-4447. 833-969-4447. So when Trump said to the Secretary of State to just find enough votes to for him to win, that is open to interpretation. That's not criminal activity. And Trump talk he was talking about stopping the corruption that he felt was going on. He was talking about mail-in ballots that perhaps should not have been counted, and he was talking about finding votes that he felt was rightly his. Again, should he have made the telephone call? Absolutely not. Did he do anything criminal? No. Trump could be charged soon after the panel submitted a report under seal or the former president might be cleared of criminal wrongdoing in his effort, if you will, to bully Georgia officials to overturn the 2020 loss to President Biden in the Peach State. Unless... Folks, unless the grand jury report is leaked, unless it is leaked, the public won't likely find out what the panel uncovered and whether it thinks Trump should be charged until a hearing set by the judge for later this month. And again, Trump urged the Secretary of State to find enough votes in a telephone call that the Secretary of State recorded to allow him to overcome the historic narrow Biden win in the one-time GOP stronghold of Georgia. And unlike most grand juries, the Atlanta panel does not have the power to charge Trump or anyone else. So that's what's important here. And this is not a normal type grand jury where a grand jury can, can issue an indictment. Um, this, if the district attorney goes forward, will come down the road. 
More trouble for George Santos this morning. Tonight, a report is out that uh, a staffer of Mr. Santos allegedly impersonated Kevin McCarthy's top aide to raise money. A staffer working for Santos uh, House Campaigns called up wealthy donors and apparently pretended to be the now uh, House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy's chief of staff, in order to raise money. And a liberal watchdog group has filed a complaint with the uh, Federal Election Commission that Santos likely conspired with corporations, foreign governments, or other individuals to illegally feed money into his 2022 House campaign. Santos, as we all know, is under federal investigation for loaning his 2022 campaign more than $700,000 despite declaring a salary of only 55000 as recent as 2020. The complaint by the Campaign Legal Center alleges that Santos hid the true source of his campaign cash while using the mystery funding for personal experience. The pressure is on Governor Kathy Hoku of New York, another story we're following this morning, to withdraw her chief judge pick as state Democrats have officially added opponents to the Judiciary Committee. And the stakes are high as Governor Hochul delivers her State of the State address today. We'll discuss that in just a couple of minutes. And we're about to start taking your telephone calls at 833-969-4447. That's the number to call this morning. 833-969-4447. Back to former President Trump for a moment. The president uh, released a statement from from pro-Trump commentary duo. You may recall these two women, two African-American women. Uh, they were referred to as uh, Diamond and Silk, strong Trump supporters, They were online, uh, everywhere, influencers, if you will. Well, the former president broke the news in a message uh, Monday night on his Truth Social site, writing that one of them, Diamond, her name is Lynette Hardaway, to her fans and detractors, passed away at her home on Monday. Here is a little bit of uh, the Trump fans, Diamond and Silk. But again, Diamond died at her home Monday, and former President Trump issued a statement on her. I want everybody to know that we stand behind Donald J. Trump. Yes, we do, baby. Again, uh, President Trump, the former president, issuing a statement a short time ago that one of those women, a diamond, diamond, Lynette Hardaway, uh, has passed away uh, at, unexpectedly uh, at her home. The president issued a statement. So as I uh, mentioned last night, folks, there is also the issue of the strike at two major New York City hospitals, Montefiore in the Bronx and Mount Sinai, more than 7,000 nurses, 7,000 nurses walked off the job Monday arguing immense staffing shortages. 
staffing shortages are causing widespread burnout and uh, hindering their ability to properly care for their patients. So bottom line, and, uh, and I support the nurses on this, the nurses say, uh, the hospitals counter, that they have, um, they have an offer of a 19% pay hike. But, but, and that's a good thing, but the nurses claim that they are working long hours and that leads to unsafe conditions. And this is not something that has just occurred in, uh, in New York. It is something that has uh, played out throughout the uh, country. So the nurses say that they are burned out, exhausted, and uh, this is dangerous. It's dangerous because if you you notice um, what happened many years ago when interns in in hospitals, the the doctors and so on, they changed the uh, law when they were working, you know, sometimes 48 hours straight. And so, you know, these nurses are in a position where it's life or death for, in terms of uh, neo, the uh, neonatal units and, and uh, neurology units and ICUs, and they, they have to be properly rested. And so, We'll see how this plays out. Uh, patients were transferred, and they, the situation is is one big mess. But now, before I start with your telephone calls, and we are taking uh, your calls this morning at 833-969-4447, I want to go to the big battle that... Uh, our colleague Curtis Sliwa had with Mayor Adams over the issue of rats, over the issues of rats. So if you haven't picked up a newspaper yet, you know that Curtis Sliwa alleges, he alleges that Mayor Adams uh, dropped the F-bomb and cursed him out telling Curtis Lee to stay away from his property in Brooklyn that has received a number of tickets over over rats. Curtis Lee says he was invited to the perimeter of the property by the mayor to try and help solve the problem. I had the opportunity to chat with Curtis Lee and in Curtis Lee style, this is what he has to say. This is you and I talking right now. So I pick up all the headlines. The story has gone national between you and Mayor Adams. Did he actually curse you out? He wouldn't be the first nor the last, yes. I'm used to hearing F-bombs all over the place. Are you kidding? And let me give you the circumstances. Uh, He had given us permission to actually put two cats in a cat colony on a patio of his building. He is an absentee landlord who's been cited now twice for having rats build burrows right into his building. But it's a problem that other neighbors have had on that block, Lafayette Avenue and Bedside. He got hit with tickets once. He decided to send incorporation counsel to argue that was, was wrong. It's a private matter, not a city matter. And he's got clipped again, $1,200 worth of tickets. And there's evidence of rat encroachment. It's right there. So I guess he figured, wow, Slee was going to take this problem off my hand. And so we started to clean up the area. We started scrubbing it. And we started planning, okay, we're going to put the two houses for the two feral cats right in this area. And we were making room. And then two cops come up to us, uniformed cops on Friday at about 5, and say, gentlemen, uh, the mayor no longer wants you on his private property. Okay, no problem. You know, okay, we'll find another place to put the houses. Although it was a little disappointing. I go, I take the C train, I'm going home. 
And a uh, person we all know, Todd Shapiro, he's sort of like the Swifty Lazar. He knows everybody. Uh, he's got friends. He's got foes. But he knows how to hook people up. And he's on the phone with me. The phone is uh, beeping. I'm at the station of uh, Washington there. And it's Todd. And I said, Todd, we might get cut off because I'm on the train. We're going in the tunnel towards the next stop, Lafayette. The mayor wants to talk to you. So the mayor, I could hear him talking, and he's going, what have I ever done to you? You know, uh, why do you treat me this way? I said, stop. You called me a racist for eight months during the campaign. Stop this. And then it went dead because we were in the tunnel. The moment we emerged, we're now on Lafayette. Ring. It's Todd. Todd, I'm patching you to the mayor. He, I'm saying, I'm telling you, I'm going to get cut off again. And this time he's in a rage, the mayor. I want you off the property. You walked into my building. You get the F out of my building. And then he said a few other words that were not decipherable because we were, again, going in the tunnel. So by the time we reached uh, the next station, Hoyton Skimmerhorn, on my way to to the city, because I had to come here to do show prep, no more calls. So I texted to Todd, yo, what the hell was that? In the future, give him my number on his dime, on his time. He can call me directly. I don't need somebody to patch through the mayor of the city of New York. And then he said, well, he was very upset. He's not going to do that, because if he does that, there's a record of the phone conversation. If he has Todd call you, the call was made to or from Todd. And Todd was just, you know, he does this. He's done this with me before for the good or somebody I'd really rather not be talking to. You know, it's like. So, but I want to make sure I got this right here. Yes. The mayor of New York City lost his cool. Totally. And and dropped the F-bomb to you. Right. But. He thought we had gone into his building. I'm talking to Todd later on, like, what's up with this guy? And he goes, oh, the mayor called me back. They looked at the film because he's got cameras outside like the other neighborhoods. You were on the patio. You were you were scrubbing the steps, the stoop. But he saw you did not go in the building. Now, he didn't apologize, but it obviously chilled him out. So he was of the impression that we actually went into the building. Because let me tell you something. Even if we had violated uh, his private property, because we had permission to be on the outside, we would have found rats in the building because they're burrowing in. It's it, Look, it's natural. He's not alone. But you can't be the mayor saying you declare war on rats in all five boroughs. And you can't even manage the problem on your own property. So explain this to me. Why can't you two guys get along with each other? He doesn't like cats, and he thinks the solution is to drown rats. You know, when he was Brooklyn Borough president, he had assembled a lot of the um, paparazzi, a lot of the reporters. He said, this is the way to end rats in our lifetime, and he he drowned rats and ladled them out of a vat. And even the reporters were, like, grossed out, like, yo, man, that's like clockwork orange. You're like psycho boy. He got all upset with, well, I killed the rats, didn't I? Well, but, yeah, but, but it's not the way you kill but, the rats. But this is bigger than rats. Yes. What is it between you and Mayor Adams where you guys just don't get along? You mean we're like ammonia and bleach? Yes. I guess that's the way it's going to be. But he cannot just placate me away and patronize me away. There's a rat problem on his blog. We have a solution, feral cats. He's tried every conceivable solution, and he's knocked himself out. Nothing works. He's tried dry ice. He's tried flooding the burrows. He's tried poisons. He's tried pellets. He's tried gas. He's tried everything. The only thing he hasn't tried, feral cats. And if you notice, he very much is like Trump. He does not have pets. Now, it's not unusual. There are people who they don't have dogs or cats or any pets. He's not a pet-friendly guy. He has no way of understanding how this works. So when the mayor used the F word, yes. did you respond naturally? What did you say? We were in the tunnel. <laughs> what I wanted to say, I couldn't say. What would you have said? What I said in the New York Post is, look, you're the mayor. I would never assault you, but somebody talks to me like that in the street. You know me. I step to them. 
I'll knock you out right where you stand. Curtis, you cannot knock out the mayor of New York City. One, he has a license to carry a gun. Two, he has a full police detail. Hey, put the gun on the side, get in the ring, and let's settle our differences. So now you're challenging the mayor to a fight? If he wants to. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't intend to do any harm to the mayor. But you understand at that moment, you've seen me out in the streets. I have. I went up to the Nation you're, of Islam. You're serious as cancer. And I challenged them, and they had me outnumbered eight to one. I said, yo, go back to Scooby Louie Farrakhan, you fruit of the loom boys. Curtis Lewa, as only Curtis Lewa can be. Folks, we have a uh, a different telephone number this morning for your calls. It is 833-969-4447, 833-969-4447. Let's begin this morning with Al in Yonkers. Al, what's going on? What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, Dominic. Good morning. You know, I just wanted to say in regards to the nursing strike uh, with the uh, Mount Sinai uh, on the east side, upper, uh, you know, I hope they settle because uh, I have two of my older siblings. uh, They're no longer in the industry. One is out because of uh, medical uh, issues, and the other one retired. But for many, many years, they were registered nurses. Uh, down at St. Vincent's in uh, the village be- before it closed, which was a real travesty in itself. And hey, Al, wait, wait, always, Al, Al yes. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. And you mentioned course, uh, you, you mentioned St. Vincent's, and I got to tell yeah. you, every time I pass that area, I get a little sad because it was a yeah. community that it was a hospital that served the community. But anyway, go yeah. right ahead, please. Yes, you know, and so I just wanted to say, you know, the nurses uh, in Mount Sinai, they work so hard. They don't get the help from the uh, enough nursing assistants to help them. So I hope that the union and the uh, top brass for these hospitals could settle and uh, end this strike. Well, we, we, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, something has to give here. Some management... And they and the union they they have to reach an agreement, and uh, th- this is not just about money; it's also about the fact that they are understaffed, you know, in terms of the nurses, and and you have to have sympathy for them, uh, given that, it, I, I, I mean, you can only do with so much, and if you have too many patients, it is a very dangerous situation. We thank you for the uh, telephone call. Let's now go to Larry from Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. What's on your mind? Yeah, I want to weigh in on the, on the rat controversy, if I might. Go right ahead. Okay. Yes. Well, first of all, when you give an exterminator a license, you give him a license to go inside, outside, whatever he has to do. I mean, you know, uh, that's a comprehensive problem. I don't know what the hell is Mayor Adams' problem he is an uptight son of a gun. I mean, I, I would say another word. But the point is, is that where does he come off doing that to, to stay out of my building? What the hell is Curtis is going to do? He's an upstanding citizen. He's going to do something bad in the building? No, Why no, Cur- Curtis. Wait, wait, Larry, problem? Larry, Curtis would never do anything bad in the building. Curtis was only there to help. But but that is private property. And if the mayor said, if any, if any, um if any uh, resident says, stay away from my property, and you go on the property, you can call the police and have the person removed or arrested. It is private property. Wait a minute. Outside, he's allowed to go in the courtyard, but inside, not. Is that, I mean, what, first Larry, of all, what I'm trying wait, to wait, say wait, is... Larry, wait, wait, Larry, come on now. You, you can't, no matter who it is, you can't go in someone's property unless you have their permission. I don't know what the case is here with Curtis. He says he had a permission to be in the perimeter. He claims that he never went inside. But this is real simple. You can't, I mean, are we going to disagree about that? That you can't go in someone's property? Uh, no, but the point of the matter is he, uh, the mayor could have been a little bit nicer about it to say to understatement because Curtis was doing all this voluntarily and for free. And to come off on him, cursing him like he's his enemy, because Curtis was doing the guy a favor, okay? Uh, I mean, and, and he didn't appreciate. 
I I hear, so, I mean, I I, I hear you, Larry, but from Adam's point of view, he feels that Curtis is just simply chasing headlines, that everything is a stunt. That's the way Adam uh, views it. Curtis was volunteering his time, as well as his wife, Nancy, trying to help with the problem. I I, I hear you, but um, it, it, the bottom line is I, I don't even know why the mayor um, – open the door to Curtis coming out there because these two are oil and vinegar. It, thank you for the call, Larry. It was never going to work. Dominic Carter here with you folks. Talk radio 77 W A B C different telephone number this morning, eight, three, three, nine, six, nine, four, 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 seven Vito from Staten Island. Good morning. Hey, Mr. Carter. How are you? How's everything? Um, I, I have, uh, give me one second. So I'm sorry, this is a truck tag. Bye. I have a daughter. She's an RN in an ICU ward in New York City. And I told her, look, you can't put the care of the people you, you know, you're, you're looking out for. You can't put money ahead of them. You're, you're making, she's making decent money. Don't get me wrong. And she is working her ass or her butt off. All right. They are put there making them work crazy overtime, all right? And the reason because is because they, they fired a lot of staff because they wouldn't get the COVID jab. So now they have to fill, fill in for those that are mixing. They can't replace fast enough those that, that will let go. So I told her, don't cross the, don't, don't, don't strike. I, I told you, take care of your patients first. They come first and foremost. How good if that was your mother that was in a hospital or me? And I need to care, and all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to go on strike because I'm not, I'm not being paid enough. Right. There's but, other ways of doing this. But, but it's not just about money, uh, as you alluded to. It's about being completely overworked. And or, as it relates to, uh, to that issue, the, you, you don't agree, uh, Vito, that the nurses have a good point? They have, they have a valid point, but this is something that – you know this COVID thing did it, it, it ruined a lot a lot of uh, you know it ruined the medical industry. I mean, from what I understand, a lot of nurses were let go because they did not get the vaccine, and that, and that really hurt them. And they can't replace the, they can't replace the body that that they lost. Right, right. Well, I I hope Vito that everything works out for your daughter. I re- I really do, and uh, and the rest of the nurses. Thank you. Vito from Staten Island. Before I take a break, let's go to Sherman in Manhattan. Good morning, Sherman. What's on your mind? Good morning. Thank you, Dominic, uh, for taking my call. Yes, I am from the same area as Curtis in Canarsie, Brooklyn, but I think that Curtis is at times very childish, very belligerent. You know, all these names he has for all these negative, nasty names he has for the governor, ex-governor Cuomo, all these names he has for everybody, he's always calling people names, and he expects the mayor to have open arms with him and let him on his property. It's preposterous. It's laughable. The mayor and him had a very contentious race. And so for him to think that this mayor is all of a sudden going to get over all that in the name of Curtis trying to help him, you know, with all due respect, I think Curtis is a great host, but sometimes he goes a little too far with these childish names that he's calling everybody. Of course, the mayor is not going to welcome him. Of course, the mayor is going to be suspicious. It's common sense. Well, but but Sherman, but but the mayor invited Curtis to do that. Okay, so what went wrong? That's the great question. Uh, the mayor uh, uh, initially thought that Curtis uh, entered the premise. Uh, the video uh, Curtis says shows that he did not. The NYPD was there, and it's almost even more offensive. Why are police officers there just to watch Curtis Lewa with the crime issues that we that we have in New York, Sherman? Hmm, uh, very reasonable question because the mayor, respectfully, uh, I take metaphysics uh, very serious as well as astrology. The mayor's a Virgo, so he's anal retentive, anal retentive. He's uptight. He's, he's naturally suspicious and doubtful of people. That's the negative side of a Virgo. So that was on display. Well, fair enough, Sherman. Thank you for the call. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break and continue with your calls in just a second. The number to reach me this morning is 
4447, a different number, 833-969-4447. Talk Radio 77, Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Victory won for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy as he faced a a new challenge with the rules package vote. And House Republicans on Monday approved a rules package for the 118th uh, Congress. And this is, uh, you can mark this as the first test of uh, Mr. McCarthy's ability to, if you will, navigate uh, his slim Republican majority. The rules were passed on a 220 to 213 mostly party line vote. Now, McCarthy and his allies had to scramble to ensure that they had enough support for the rules package, but they delivered. And again, McCarthy, on any given vote, can afford to lose no more than four GOP votes. But the math does change uh, a bit if if moderate critics, um, if you will, vote present, like the uh, the rebels did in the race for speaker. We are taking your calls, and also today is Governor Kathy Hoku's State of the State Address. I will tell you tell you in a few minutes about the efforts to get her to drop her new um, uh, chief judge that she wants to take the job. But the progressives, if they haven't done enough damage, they are blocking her nomination of this judge because he's a centrist and they want another progressives, another progressive to go along with um, the process that has helped screw up the state of New York. Let's go to Tony Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I'm two things on the nurses. Um, you know, there's such a thing as combat pay, and they're saving money on all the people who aren't there. Uh, Good point. They're, they're, the, the nurses also went through a lot of stress during COVID, Dominic. I think, you know, we've heard a lot of people that didn't survive and they committed suicide. They were very stressed or they got sick and died. So because of what the government did with COVID, I definitely think they deserve it. And if my family was in the hospital, I would prefer they be in a hospital where the nurses are treated right and properly. And it's time they do that. Number two. Go ahead, Tony. All all good points that you just made. And I, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think the issue is so much money right now. It's, it's the, the staffing uh, shortage and uh, you know they, they're yeah. asking they're asking nurses to do practically the impossible your second point it's tony dangerous it is dangerous the second point it is dangerous second point of mayor adams you know i have put him on my prayer list every night because i know he has a tough job and i want to see peace in our city and i want to see him enjoy his job but i'll tell you something I think he has some eccentricities, you know, like the man said about the Virgo, and I'll leave it at that. He's even afraid about the ghost at at, um, City Hall, I read an article. It's okay. Everybody has their ways, and I respect that. And and hopefully Curtis will respect his ways as well, and if it doesn't work out, they have to go their own in their own direction. That's all. Well, that's the answer, Tony. Go, Go their own direction. 
What I don't understand is uh, the 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 mayor called himself being cute, uh, inviting Curtis in to begin with. When if you yeah. know Curtis, you know that he was going to take you up on the offer because uh, Curtis naturally wants to help people. That's who Curtis Lewa is at his core. And so the the mayor, the mayor invites him in, and then it, it, it's it's nothing but a mess. It's nothing right. but a mess. Tony, I, so I has, go ahead, Tony. He has his ways. The mayor has his ways. I know Virgos, and I know he has his fears about things, and I respect that. So I hope they just separate nicely and. The mayor comes up with another solution. He needs to concentrate on his job and not fight with Curtis. Yes. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, and the same to you. Let's go to uh, Alana calling from Westchester this morning. Good morning, Alana. What's on your mind? Well, how are you? I'm doing well. Go right ahead, please. So what's happened is this lady that just called up and said that they're saving money right now. They are not. Because they have to pay travel nurses. And at one point, I was an agency nurse, and you have to pay them more money. So that's not true at all. And they, the nurses still have their benefits from, you know, from their job. They're not just taking them away. And I have worked in places where, you know, your census is high and your staffing is low, and it's very dangerous. It really is for the patient, for the nurse, uh, for her license, for the patient. It's really you know, very, very unfair, especially to the, the, the patient. So, you know, this, this, they got to solve this problem. The, 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 the hospitals, they're going to have to give in, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, it, it seems to me that this should have been resolved at the uh, table and that the, uh, the hospitals, uh, Montefiore and Mount Sinai, should not, should not, Alana, uh, have let them walk. But I, I'm not at the bargaining table so um, I, I don't really know exactly um, what happened, but I do thank you for your telephone call. Let's go to Dave from New Jersey. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Uh, Good morning. Yeah, I hear you. Please go ahead, please. Oh, great. Well, I just wanted to make a comment about uh, the mayor and Curtis. Um you know, we, we listened to the invitation and the sarcasm, and I don't think we should be surprised at all that it blew up. But I do have a good idea because, uh, unfortunately, I think the last callers wish that they would just separate part as friends. I, I don't think that's in their blood. I think I think we should make some Tom and Jerry T-shirts for them because that's exactly what they act like, Tom and Jerry. Curtis, of course, is Tom. <laughs> so I think I think that might be uh, appropriate, and you know, just to get entertained. You know, they both have good intentions. I, I I tend to lean toward one over the other on case and point issues, but I really called because I wanted to mention my my thoughts about the nursing. But this this has been a problem for decades. We have had understaffed medical facilities. You know, especially in this region with as much density as we have with our population. And, you know, just complaining about it, just saying we need more, you know, perhaps a hospital, uh, which I don't uh, downplay the waste in our medical industry, too. I'm sure that if you had sharp pencils, you could make things happen to, to address the most important issue, which is the staffing. But you may not be able to... Um, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken, you know, and that means there's not enough people to hire. We, you know, this is really a state and, and, a, and a country level thing under yes. staff in, in our medical industry. You know, Governor Hochul might uh, want to take the lead here, you think, and say, hey, listen, we're going to we're going to do some innovative things with, uh, you know, this is essentially a trade, a medical profession. You know, do things to encourage people to get into the industry so there's enough people so that they can have proper staffing. I, I couldn't believe when I dated a nurse, uh, you know, 20 years ago, and, you know, we were in our, in our mid-30s, and she would work two straight 12-hour shifts. Sometimes they asked her to sleep for four hours and work another 12-hour shift. 
she had elderly folks who she was administering meds, and she used to come home bawling her eyes out because she cared and she did what she did because she loved what she did, but she felt like she was just putting people in harm's way. Hey, Dave, let me let me so, ask you this question, and maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. But this this woman that were a nurse that you were dating, and she would be forced to do two twelve hour shifts. Uh, did she say her paycheck made it worth it? What did she say as it related to money? She did get overtime, so yeah, she was making a lot more money. But she, it, it wasn't worth it to her. She was, she was. It wasn't the money. I mean, you know, before kids and before we were a little bit less. Uh, focused on making big bucks, I guess. Uh, but she was making good money, but it wasn't about the money. It was about her, her ability to do her job. You know, right. her mom was a nurse, too, and and she said the same thing about her career, which was, of course, as a parent, you know, for the, the previous 30 years. So it's just been something we've been dealing with in this country for a long time. You know, I'm not a union person, and, uh, you know, but in this in this case – if these unions wanted to really do something, use the collective bargaining power, which they have a tremendous amount of power, which they abuse in most cases. But they should be looking at developing training programs for trades to bring people into their unions. Well, uh, it, it, it seems like – go, go ahead, Dave, and we got to wrap this up. You know, no, that, that was just my point about really to address this problem we need to we need more bodies in the industry sure sure enough dave i thank you for the call calling this morning from new jersey i'm gonna go to steve uh from manhattan in just a moment but first i've got to take a break coming up at the top of the hour frank morano and the other side of midnight different number to reach me this morning uh it is eight three three nine six nine four 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 Seven. When we come back, our Carter Care segments, segment that is, and more of your telephone calls. WABC. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table. This is Carter Cares. Wonderful news as it relates to Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. Hamlin was released, released from a Cincinnati hospital Monday, a week after he suffered cardiac arrest and collapsed on the field during uh, Monday night football. He is now continuing his recovery at a Buffalo hospital. The uh, University of Cincinnati uh, Health Center physicians said uh, Hamlin flew back to Buffalo yesterday morning, and that is wonderful news. We are taking your telephone calls at 833-969-4447 on a number of topics. And coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. Let's go to Steve. From Manhattan, good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? All right, Big Dom. And before I get to the meat and potatoes, a caller before brought up St. Vincent's Hospital. St. Vincent's Hospital went bankrupt because because of city and state laws. They were forced to take in illegal immigrants and treat them. And a lot of hospitals around our city and state went bankrupt and also around the whole country. That's what happens when you have communist slobs running the joint. Now, with the um, and of course we stand with the nurses. We definitely stand. The problem with our healthcare system is they never fixed it. They just kept throwing money at it and they inflated it. But we stand with those nurses. Um, with the rats, um, I've been all around the city. I know you've been all around the city. 
I was born in the Bronx. I'm pretty sure you were born in the Bronx. We both grew up in the Bronx. We've seen certain areas in this city where garbage is in the hallways instead of in the compactors thrown where they belong. Thrown garbage, thrown out windows. Garbage all over the place, laying all over the place. I mean, that becomes a, a feeding frenzy for rats. So a lot of the problem is the people who do not keep the areas clean. Now, as far as what Curtis is doing, now, you know, some, I'm outside right now, and I'm actually looking at a rat running back and forth. And around the country, just tell the people that the rats are not giant. They're all the regular-sized rats. I've never seen a giant rat in New York City. But the thing is, they run around because they have it's, – it's a buffet out there for them. And uh, at one time, they, they unleashed hawks around the city to go after the uh, pigeons. It's like the, 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 the hawks didn't even bother with it because there was so much other food around the place. But the thing now is with, with these rats, I mean, Curtis, I don't think she'd be going to Eric Adams' house. To me, it's kind of clownish because his arrival, he did run for mayor. I did vote for Curtis. I was going to be the parks commissioner. Curtis did promise me that. And uh, the thing is, to me, you know, it looks like a comedy. I was like sitting there live, like he's Curtis is going to run a maid system or something. The, the city, of, the people of New York have to keep the place clean. Exterminists can do only so much if you just keep throwing food out there, folks, and throwing garbage all over the place. Okay, Steve. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, Staten Island. Staten Island and Pete. And coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of uh, Midnight. Good morning, Pete. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. I got a cat colony out here where I live on my block. And uh, at least uh, 20 houses are very grateful. They drop food off for the cats because these cats keep the rats away, just like what Curtis is doing. I got it going on here for about six or seven months now. I have uh, cat houses for them. I have a rescue group that comes, neuters and spades, spades them and does everything, gives them their shots and everything. And these cats are basically feral cats, but believe it or not, I have contact with them. I whistle and they come. And the whole block, there were a couple of people who didn't accept it until they seen the population of the rats and mice, uh, you know, decrease. So that's what's going on. So I think what Curtis is, wants to do will work if it's cooperated with the neighbors. And so, Pete, I want to make sure I got this right. You believe that these feral cats are effective at getting the job done with the rats? Exactly. Exactly. But in numbers, there's at least 13 cats that I take care of. When it was down to three, four, it really wasn't enough. But these 13 cats, they dominate. They uh, they control it. They chase them. They actually capture them. A lot of them, they chase them to traffic, and the cars run them over, the rats. And unfortunately, some of the cats, you know, have been hit. But uh, basically, the people slow down in the neighborhood where we are. Pete, I, I do have a question before you go. And uh, it's a it's a simple question, but I don't know the answer. So when the cats chase the rats or keep them away because of their smell, whatever the case may be. Do these uh, huge rats ever turn around under attack, literally by the cats, and bite the cats? Well, not, you know, they, they, i never seen it happen, but it's not one uh, one cat that goes after the rats. It's like two, three at the same time. They actually corner them. It's amazing to see it. It doesn't. I haven't seen it in the last month because I haven't seen that many rats around here. But before then, you could count them. They'd run between your legs when you were getting into your car. They'd be under the oh. car eating the wires. And- oh, oh. I, 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 yeah. I, you know, Pete, I, I saw outside the uh, the studio here, I was getting into my car one, one morning, and I happened to see a rat, uh, not on the curb, but, you know, on the street, run across and so now i won't step on the street to get out of my car i make sure i'm close enough uh, excuse me <clears throat> to get out directly to the curb because i'm i'm petrified of rats just like everybody else i i, I don't know right, you got to stamp your feet 
stamp your feet, they run. They're more ah. scared of you than they you are. Yeah, it don't look that way, Pete. It don't look that way when I'm <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I'm out there. It don't look like they're more. Thank you for the call, Pete. Pete from uh, Staten Island. We are taking your calls up until the top of the hour when Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. 833, different number this morning, 833-969-4447. Joining me right now, Frank Morano. Good morning Hello, to you, sir. Dominic. Good morning. So are you as afraid of rats as I am? I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of rats. When you're, you know, I, I've done a lot of odd commuting at odd hours, and when you're sitting in a subway terminal half asleep at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, and you're sitting there on the bench, and all of a sudden you look down, and you're not expecting to see a rat, and you see something 7 inches from your feet, that does cause me to be startled. Oh. But um, I oh. wouldn't say I'm irrationally afraid of rats. But, you know, there's a natural instinct. You see, you look down, you see a rat, you, you get taken aback a little so, bit. So what is it? Notice my obsession here. What is it? That scares us about rats. I don't know. I, you know, I wouldn't, maybe the whole, they got a bad reputation with the whole bubonic plague thing. It could be that, or, I don't know, they're unattractive looking animals, and they spend most of their time uh, hanging around garbage. So, I guess that's a factor. I think the fact that we mostly only see them at night, not exclusively, but often at night, I think that adds to their whole mystique. I think that's all part of it. So what do you have coming up this Action-packed morning? Action-packed show. I'm really excited about today's show. We have two guests that I'm uh, really looking forward to. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, uh, I actually just recorded this a little while ago, uh, William Shatner is going to join me. That's going to air in about That's a great. half hour. Really excited. I'm a huge fan of William Shatner. He's doing a whole series of uh, screenings of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, where he answers questions and everything. So we're going to talk a little bit about that film and a bunch of other things. And then uh, a little bit later in the program, we're going to talk with former U.S. Senator Joe Lieberman about what we saw in the race for speaker and about polarization in the country. This is one of my regular themes that I talk about a great deal. And I'm eager to get Joe Lieberman's take on where we go from here. Sounds uh, sounds fantastic. Let's you and I quickly take a call together Harriet in Brooklyn, good morning. What's on your mind? Oh, the two of you are great guys. Uh, first, I'd like to give my support to um, to Curtis. He's great. He's doing the right thing with rat control. And my advice to Mayor Adams is courtesy of Mark Twain, quote, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Harriet. Harriet, thank you. So, Frank, what what, what are you making? I'm not. I, I guarantee you, that's the only time Curtis has been referenced in the midst of a Mark Twain quote. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> Folks, you want to keep it right there. Coming up right now on WABC, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. But first, news headlines with Alex Barnard. I'll be back again tomorrow, same time, same station. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.